It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medor up until 6.40 today on this 8th day of June. 6.06 on the clock and 85 degrees and partly sunny outside in southeast Ohio. It's been raining. It's been, you know, sunny outside. I don't even know what's going on with the weather today, but 85 degrees and partly sunny. It's a Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting and... Uh, Reds were off yesterday, and Reds, uh, you know, a well-deserved off day after sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals. First time since 1994 game sweep in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, it's not gone unnoticed, except if you are, uh, I guess, a reporter for uh, ESPN, as Buster only put out. He put out a, a, a harmless tweet earlier today. And in that tweet... He put out, you know, who's the early National League MVP favorite uh, in so far the, the season, right? It's about a quarter of the way done with the year. And only puts out uh, Acuna, Ronald Acuna Jr., who's down with the Atlanta Braves. He puts out Chris Bryant with Chicago Cubs. Jacob DeGrom, which is, I mean, DeGrom is having a year uh, unlike any other, uh, except for maybe Bob Gibson back in 1968. And then there's another option. You can't think of any other pitcher that's had a dominant season way before 1968. Well, no, I, I say 1968 <laughs> because that was, A, the year of the pitcher, and, B, the the best season that a pitcher has ever had to this date was Bob Gibson in 1968. Mm-hmm. So Gibbs and, um, I mean, uh, Martinez, Pedro Martinez was, was in the uh, conversation as well in 2000. Um, so, he, I mean, he is having one of those seasons. So it makes sense for DeGrom to be in the conversation of an MVP race. But uh, for the two other guys, I mean, it's it hasn't been, I don't think, really worthy of MVP from these two guys because Acuna is batting two seventy eight. Not short side. He's got 17 homers. And okay, so he's got a leadoff home- batter. All right, 17 homers. That's fine, right? Uh, Jesse Winker also has 17 homers. Chris Bryant. Batting 308, you know, he's somewhat in the conversation, and the Cubs have been doing well so far this season. But then you take a look at the numbers of what Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos have been doing so far this season. They have kept the Reds afloat. They are one game under 500, and Castellanos is batting almost 360. You know, Castellanos and Winker are the two best hitters in the National League, and they're not even getting any recognition because they are not a team on the East Coast. They're not a team in, the, in a uh, quote-unquote big market. And, you know, it, it's a shame because Wanker and Castellanos deserve to be in that conversation, even though I, I guess only said he talked about it on his podcast. But I don't know about you, Joey, but I, I don't watch I don't listen to Buster Olney's podcast. No, no. I imagine that could be a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, I, it could be. It could not be. I haven't listened to it, so I have no idea. <laughs> but just because you talked about him on their podcast does not mean that the Twitter audience has listened <laughs> to to your podcast and know that you talked yeah. about Castellanos and Winker. Maybe a little self-sorrow. Just assume we all listen to the podcast. And <laughs> it's a good way <laughs> to, to promote his podcast. That's he, true. He did a nice... Smart. It's a smart way good to PR do Good PR move there. However, I didn't listen to his podcast. You didn't listen to his podcast. So at this point, we don't care what he, what he talked about on the podcast. 
However, what we do care about is trying to get a little bit more of the conversation going to how good Castellanos and Winker are doing this season. Well, like it just, what doesn't make sense is they're both miles ahead of them in average, almost close to 100 points uh, in the case of Acuna, right, because he's batting down the 270s. Uh, him and Brian have both hit a good amount of home runs this year. I think they've both hit 17 apiece, which is, you know, uh, tied with Winker. Actually, yeah, tied with Winker. Winker has 17 yeah, home Winker runs. Winker has 17 after the three hit this weekend. So tied for the lead in the uh, in the National League. Yeah, Brian has 13. Acuna has 17, which is tied with. And then you're like, okay, well maybe it's like an RBIs thing. But these guys, you know, Acuna's not top in the league in RBIs. Neither is Chris Bryant. They're all around. Winker has 37. I think. Uh, Castellanos has 31, which Shockman doesn't even lead the team. It's actually Naquin has 38 on the year. But then you look at guys like Acuna. He has 35, which is, you know, it's a little bit more impressive considering he's in a leadoff spot. And Brian has 38. So they're literally not blowing them away in any category, much like Winker and Castellanos are blowing everybody in baseball out in in uh, batting average. It's just kind of short-sighted to s- to your pick and just look at the teams that he picked players from. The Grom's undeniable. He's the best pitcher in baseball. But then you pick a guy from the Braves, who he is the face of the Braves right now. Young, great player is Acuna. Uh, he has probably the best power bat out of a leadoff hitter, and it shocks me that they leave him in that leadoff spot. Honestly, with you know the the amount of home runs, and you would think you want to give him some more op- RBI opportunities, right? But he plays for the Braves, who are who are supposed to win the NL East. They're not. They were supposed to. And he's picked Chris Bryant, and, you know, he's kind of been a poster child since he's come in the MLB. He was one of the top prospects in the era of the Cubs when they had that run of all their young players that came up at one point. He was a guy that was talked about, and he's been solid. He's delivered on pretty much everything that they expected of him. I mean, what's his, what's his career average right now? I mean, his average career-wise is at 282. He so, did yeah, have yeah. a couple of off years. I mean, That's it, good returns there. Right. I a mean, solid hitter at 280. Yeah. And, and it's just, but it's just like, it it comes across from Buster Only, who's a guy who's supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to understand the entire landscape of baseball. And, you know, you brought it up. One of the comments is in his video or on his tweet was, have you been watching this season? <laughs> Which I think is pretty indicative of how out of touch it says to say Acuna and Chris Bryant are more MVP worthy. I'll leave Castellanos out of it. Really? Now, yeah, he leads an average, but just because you lead an average, like the year a couple years ago, Jeff McNeil led the league in average. No one's saying Jeff McNeil should be the NL MVP. Well, he so didn't finish leading a batting average doesn't mean that you should necessarily be the MVP. Right. I'm, it means that you're having a great season. Correct. It means that you, know, you are very but, consistent at the plate. Well, Winker, I mean, he's tied for second in home runs. He's top ten in RBIs. He's second in batting average, only to his own teammate. I mean, this is a guy that definitely needs to be in the conversation and. Well, we talked about him on our podcast. Well, then, if you talked about him, you should know that he's had a better season than Acuna or Bryant. Uh, yeah, it just seemed like a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of looking at the, the the powerhouses of baseball right now. That, that, that happens a lot in baseball. You know, the bigger market teams usually prevail. But well, um, And here's where I want to try to change your mind and put Castellanos into this MVP conversation because... No, he could be in the conversation. I don't know be. if he beats out the Grom... I think well, Winker I, should be ahead of him. Here, here's the thing, right? I think DeGrom right now... And also, I'm, they didn't have Tatis in the conversation no. either. I mean, where, where's Tatis? Anywhere, right? But here's here's where I want to... I'll, I'll say my piece about DeGrom 
uh, and I'm putting my Mets fandom aside when I say this, if DeGrom continues, he's only given up four earned runs all year long. You're 10 weeks into the season, and he's only given up four earned runs. He's been striking out the world. He's been pounding the fastball 101 miles per hour. Uh, he, he is on a never on another world uh, when, when he's on the mound. So if DeGrom continues to go on the path that he is continuing on and breaks records set by Bob Gibson in 1968, I think DeGrom is... Uh, far and above the favorite for the NL MVP, and he should win the MVP along with the Cy Young Award, uh, which I think he should have won it last year, but that's kind of beside the point. But uh, DeGrom can control his own destiny if he continues to pitch the way that he has been pitching. I will say this about Nick Castellanos, and I, I Winker is, if I'm going to have to pick one Cincinnati Red for the MVP poll, I will, and I would I would pick Winker. Uh, but Winker's got You're an OPS. You're not Amir Garrett, are you? No, uh, Amir Garrett, listen, I like the guy, but he's <laughs> he's not, he's far, far from a uh, MVP candidate for the Cincinnati. It, even, you know, he, he's a, a candidate to get demoted. I don't know if you know if he has any options left, but he is not uh, produced the way the Reds thought that he could produce. But Jesse Winker has. And Winker, leading the National League, tied for the lead in home runs with 17. He is second. All right, he is, Arenado's got 40 RBIs. Let me click a button real quick. But before I do, the uh, average is second in the NL and in baseball at 350. On base percentage at uh, 412, slugging at 665. You combine those together to get the on-base plus slugging, the OPS, which is 1.077. Right? I mean, he has the highest OPS. He's 10th in the NL on, on RBIs. 10th. Okay. Yeah, Acuna's got 49 RBIs. Uh, no, that's strikeouts. He's got... Acuna's got 35 RBIs. Winker's got 37. Bryant's got 38. Uh, but, the same amount of home runs. Yeah. As all of them. And Winker has a, a much better batting average than, than uh, the other two. And for Castellanos, like, though... Like if you put three blank faces up and said which one's an MVP front runner, it would be Jesse Winker. It right. wouldn't be... A... Yep. And... It, Look at the OPS. I mean, the OPS for Nick Castellanos is not that far behind. He's at uh, 1.042, right? So that's where I would want to put Castellanos into the MVP conversation because, you know, you're taking a look at more advanced statistics, right? And OPS is not advanced, right? It has been around for a while, but it's something that people are taking a look at a little bit more closer. Uh, they're not looking at the average solely anymore. They're not looking at on base. They're not looking at slugging. You know, they're looking at OPS. OPS on base plus slugging, and who leads the the National League? Two Cincinnati Reds. So that's yeah. where I would I'd put the conversation in for for both Castellanos and Winker, who should be the the favorite position player at this point. I know he doubled down in the comments. I thought that was funny too. It's just so he was aware. Is he, is he going to be one of these guys that's like, well, you got to look beyond the stats. I mean, baseball is pretty tough to look beyond the stats. Kind of, it's kind of one of those sports where what you do is what you do. Um, the production you produce, um, it's very clearly shown in the numbers that you put out. Um, and also, you know, any argument you can, if you want to spin it, well, these guys are, you know, on teams that are that are achieving and doing good things. The Cubs are winning their division. So are the Mets. It's like, well, the Braves were supposed to be one of the best teams in the NL. They were winning the NLCS 3-1 to one in the Dodgers last year, and they lost it. But And they're struggling right now. 
Well, not only, and it's so you can't pull that argument that Acuna's up there because his team is, you know, having wild success. If anything, the Braves have underperformed, and I mean, the Reds are at best maybe what you expected when the season started. And if it's not that, they probably are exceeding your expectations, especially on the offensive side. Right. And you can't say the Braves are doing any better than the Cincinnati Reds because they have the same record. They're both 28 and 29. They both have a, uh, a winning percentage of 491. And, you know, I mean, the, the division, I guess, is a little bit more, uh, even the, the NL Central right now, you got the, the Cubs at 33 and 27. You got the Cardinals at 31 and 29. And you have the Reds at 28 and 29, right? So those are your teams there. They're still in the mix, you know, and it's the same record that the Braves have. So you can't say that winning has anything to do with it right now. It's also funny. And, like, it's just you, you can – I think you can throw Chris Bryant in the conversation. He's batting three oh eight, And right. he is putting up similar numbers to the Winkers and uh, – the other top hitters in baseball right now. He can be in the conversation. Acuna is the one that's really kind of throwing me off. Or at least to put in a poll. And I thought it was also funny. He said, well, you only had four options. It's like, I mean, it doesn't give you the excuse to pick the wrong four options. <laughs> right. I mean. And also, I just want to point this up. Fernando Tatis Jr. has, like, he was hurt on the IL earlier in this year. He's had about 50, 60 less at-bats than all these guys. And he has the same amount of home runs, RBIs, all that. Yeah. So it's like, how is he not a part of, you know, any any kind of list you want to form? It's 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 confusing. It was uh, when you read when we were talking about the tweet and you read off the names he listed, I was kind of scratching my head a little bit because. And I I went immediately. I mean, you have Ronald Acuna Jr. and you have Fernando Tatis Jr. So I had remembered earlier in the day when I saw that tweet, and I I remembered the junior, and I thought, all right, it must be Fernando Tatis Jr. But no, it was Ronald Acuna Jr. who are both having tremendous seasons, right? And they're um, both the two fun young players yeah. to watch in baseball. I mean, that's, right that's the future of baseball. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what the process, I mean, I, I don't know how you know, ESPN and Buster Only were uh, you know, conducting who he puts. And again, it's a meaningless Twitter poll that we're talking about here. But for the MVP, you know, it's, it's never too early to get in on the conversation. And it's only June. Right. I mean, there's a lot, lot of baseball left to be played. Not yeah. even at an all-star break yet. But... The process where I went through to get the stats, if you go to MLB.com, you click on stats, and you just separate it, right? You just look at the stats of the National League. You take the American League out right now, and they immediately, like I didn't click on average, the one that they put up there first that Major League Baseball wants you to look at is the OPS. And the top four in OPS are in, in this order. Winker, Castellanos, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Chris Bryant. So not only did Buster only just take the top two of OPS off the board, it just completely ignored them and went to three and four. He talked about him on his podcast, though. He's aware. They're on the they're on the watch list. Ah, yes. Let it, let's watch them continue to do great things, but yet not include them in on an MVP conversation when they are having MVP caliber years. That makes sense. And then you try to break down why is this. And, I mean, unfortunately, the most, the easiest answer to come to, and I don't keep, might have talked about it on this podcast, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you're, these guys aren't in your conversation because, you know, Buster only 
is a guy who he's on Monday night base, Sunday night baseball, Monday night, whenever they do it, the big games on ESPN. He's usually a part of that broadcast or on the, he's covering the big teams. So, you know, he doesn't get to watch the Reds all that often. The Reds aren't playing on Sunday night baseball very often. Uh, if they even get a chance, the only time you probably see a smaller market team like the Reds is one, if they're competing and doing well, they might get flexed into one. Or if they're playing a really good team at the end of the year and they want to get the really good team on. So, you know, Buster only doesn't see teams like this. And it, it kind of shows when you put out a, a poll like that and you only name teams that are, you know, in the past four or five years have traditionally had success. And right. I mean, here's, here's the other thing, right? Jesse Winker... His career did not start within, like, the last five years. I actually, I mean, it did. I mean, 2017, it started exactly five years ago. But there wasn't a whole lot of, of hype around his arrival to Major League Baseball. I, not, not that I can remember, right? I mean, Jesse Winker came up his rookie season, batted 298. Uh, Limited games? He had been a... games. You saw that he could hit at the big league level enough to stay afloat. Right. But it never quite showed that he would translate into what he has. I mean, what was... He's 27 years old. He has batted close to 300. I mean, last year was actually an off year. In limited games. His first couple years, he wasn't playing every day. I mean, in in uh, 2019 was his best or his most played season. Uh, Had 113 games, batted 269. Um, But years prior, in less games, batted 299 and and two. uh, 98. Uh, now this year is batting 350. Uh, but again, like he wasn't a, a top prospect. He wasn't a guy that there was a lot of buzz about when the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure he's a second round pick. Maybe to to others, you know, it's a, it comes back to that thing where you don't hear a lot about, uh, you know, the kind of the guys at the clubs on on the smaller clubs. I'm pretty sure he's a second round. Yeah, 49th pick. So 40, and drafted in 2012. So so he didn't progress through the farm system. No, it took him a few, and he could have been a guy that kind of got lost in the in the wash a little bit. But but you could also say that you've been hearing a lot about Chris. Even if you weren't a baseball fan, you might have even heard the name Chris Bryant or heard the name Ronald Acuna Jr. But you know, household name, and maybe Winker and Castellanos, if they continue to perform the way that they are, become more household names outside of Red's country. But, you know, again, there's a, uh, a notability, uh, kind of a, maybe a little bit of a brand issue that Winker and Castellanos have because, you know, they're not household names outside of, you know, Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, you know, Castellanos has been around since 2013. Yeah, you know, a very and, good player for Detroit for a number of years. Consistent player. He was a... You know, a, a good all-around bat in the lineup. Reds picked him up in uh, 2020, and you know he's he's had a phenomenal year this year with Cincinnati. But again, he wasn't. So he had a couple good years with Detroit, but he wasn't you know, the highly touted prospect. He unfortunately caught the tail end of the uh, Detroit success that they had in the early 2010s. Yeah, he got there right for the collapse. <laughs> Was that before? Oh, no, Miguel Cabrera stole on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cabrera, Prince Fielder, Ian Kinsler, they were loaded for a couple of years. Delman Young, uh, Curtis Granderson. Yeah. Had Verlander on the bump. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez. Those entire t- teams were really good. Uh, Max Scherzer. Right? Scherzer, yep. Yeah, Scherzer yeah, was yeah. on that They were team. loaded. Now, back to Cabrera. Was it the 2004 Miami? The well, ones that beat the Red Sox? Yeah, when was the last... Because after that, after the uh, 
Oh, they weren't the Marlins at that time, were they? No, or no, they were the Florida they were the Marlins. Florida Marlins. They were the Florida Marlins. So they uh, they won the World Series, and then I think they traded Cabrera shortly thereafter. Yep. And then Detroit got better. Yeah, Detroit had a pretty good run there. Castellanos, like I said, caught the tail end of it. <laughs> yeah. But now he's having a pretty good, uh, well, pretty good season. He's had a decent career. You know, 278 hitter. I mean, he's been uh, steady. Yeah. But now maybe this is a breakout year along with Winker. And then they got the game tonight against the Brewers that uh, Joey Votto's back. Batting cleanup. Interesting choice. Um, Do you want to bat leadoff? No, probably eighth <laughs> would be my, my choice. He was doing pretty well. I don't know if he was in double-A, triple-A, wherever his rehab assignment was. I think he went like three for three, had a triple, had a double. Like he, uh, he was doing pretty well. Yeah, well, when you're facing the best of the best and all of a sudden you got this kid uh, throwing like 92 at you, I think it becomes a little bit easier for a seasoned veteran like Votto. <laughs> yeah, probably. Guy, the average starting to drop. He's down to 303 career. So he's got to see... turn this thing around a little bit. I wish that Albert Pujols retired... Or, well, at first, I he's wish he continued still, to like, hit. He's still got, like, a 298 average. He's hit, like, 500 homers. Yeah, I, he's, he's a first first ballot Hall of Famer, but I still feel bad that his average is not 300. Should I feel bad? No, I have no reason. Like, he, he, he did that to himself. Yep. But, again, I don't know. I, I, I just would have liked to seen one of the all-time best hitters uh, maintain that 300 average. Is anyway, what it is. back to the round. I don't care about Albert Pujols. All right. Um... um Sonny Gray back on the mound tonight, taking on Hauser. A couple decent pitchers, both sub-4 ERAs, both losing records. Two hot teams, Connor, coming in four-game win streak. Well, you had, do you like the Reds' chances tonight? I need to see more out of Sonny Gray, but the way that Cincinnati has been playing and their improvement in the bullpen, especially against a talented St. Louis Cardinals team, who were slumping. I mean, they did not perform up to what they could have. Uh, but the Reds took advantage. The Reds won. So you know, I I like where the Reds are going right now. I like the direction that they are traveling in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this series went the Reds' way. I'll put it to you like that way. I don't know if that answered the question. Putting it out there, huh? I, I like what the Reds, uh, they got a lot of potential. You know, I, they do. I don't know. I think they could win the series against Milwaukee, and it would be another team that was in front of them in the division that they can go out there and try to knock off. Well, Votto back in the lineup. No Naquin or Stevenson today in the middle of the order. Naquin's got a hamstring tightness. So, yeah, but it's been... Uh, that one can linger. Who is... There was a... Um, I got to take a look at the, the starting lineup, but there's somebody else that they put out there. Akiyama's playing. Yeah, and Akiyama's been having a good... Past couple of weeks, I think his average is up to what two sixty. Uh, yeah, two oh five. Yeah, well, I'll check over the last seven. We got to take a break, but uh, on the other side of the break, college football CFP could look a little bit different, uh, whether it be this year or next year, or maybe a couple of years ahead of now. I don't know, um, but they're looking to make some changes with the amount of teams uh, that are in the CFP from four to maybe eight or twelve or 26, whatever it might be. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about college football coming up next. And, uh, of course, if you are uh, so inclined to do so, your phone calls at 
888-900-6646. It's a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting at 970 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street, right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. A healthy body needs good food. This summer, the Ohio Department of Education is again sponsoring the Ohio Summer Food Service Program, where kids eat free. Children under 18 receive healthy meals and no sign-up is required. It's easy. Some are right in your neighborhood. Call 1-866-3-HUNGRY or visit the Ohio Department of Education website at education.ohio.gov forward slash kids eat for meal locations and times. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not, it's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... <laughs> Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM. WATH 632 on the clock. Cincinnati Reds coming your way at the uh, top of this 10-minute frame. 640. Cincinnati Reds. So we got eight minutes. But you know, I saw this news a little bit earlier today, and I don't know if it's really news per se, but it was a report from uh, Yahoo Sports and from Pete Thamel. And Pete Thamel, he's been a guy who's talking to a lot of people involved with the college football playoff, and the sentiment that he is... Uh, being told is that they are inclined to increase the amount of teams that is involved with the playoffs uh, for college football. And that would mean that it would no longer be the four teams and the uh, you know CFP ranking. They are, and this is not, you know, anything set in stone, but uh, that, that won't be set in stone until about July 17th, 17th and 18th. Uh, when a couple of committee members convene and, and talk about it. Uh, but the the main point 
out of this is that they are looking at setting up a 12-team postseason structure with five automatic bids going to the conference champions in the Power Five Conference and then one automatic bid for the highest-ranked group of five team. And they, they that was vague because they didn't say they had to be a, a champion, right? They don't have to be a conference champion, but one automatic bid somehow determined highest-ranked out of the group of five and then six at-large bids to fill up the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, usually the highest-ranked group of five comes down to whoever wins the American Conference, so... All right, I, I, I know we talked about it off air, but I talked about it even last year. I, I thought that Cincinnati, the Bearcats, should have been given the opportunity uh, to play in the, the national champ, not, not the national championship because game. Because they wouldn't have gotten to the national championship game. They, would not, they probably would not have gotten to the national championship game, but they should have at least been in the CFP last year. And that was always my sentiment. And I think if they go to a from four teams to 12 teams with automatic bids going to the uh, you know conference champions and then one going to the, the best group of five team. Now, I am satisfied with that, I'll, I'll say. Now, I was a proponent of, you know, if you are a conference champion, regardless if you are in the power five or if you are in the group of five, I thought that you should continue to play on for something even more. Like how other sports have have gone on and and uh, you know and done it. Football is not like other sports. Football is not like other sports. I again am in favor of all conference champions going there, but again, that's just not the way that uh that it is. I'm encouraged that it gets increased from, and it, this is not set in stone yet, but they are talking about increasing it from four to twelve, uh, with. You know, that first step uh, to formalize that w- would happen on July 17th and 18th when a couple of guys convene and, and, and talk about it. Um, your thoughts, Joey? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's what everybody's been crying for, so it's not a shock that, this, that they're going to try to... I mean, my whole take on it is they want more money, so they're going to try to put on more playoff games and build them up as big as possible and get rid of more bowls and get more eyes, more eyes. It was more cash for them. So, um, yeah, it's, it's doesn't come as a shock how they go about choosing the 12 teams. It doesn't really matter that much to me. Uh, if you want to get the group of five teams in there, I mean, usually there's one, if not two group of five teams on a good year that make the top 12 of, of the end of season rankings and get put in there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, I don't think I think people that think this is going to be fun are in for a rude awakening because, <laughs> I mean, you take the best four teams in college football and they, they struggle to get two decent semifinal games. So I think you're going to see more of the same. Heck, you're, you're struggling to see two. You're struggling to see in the past couple of years even a good national championship between the top two teams. So, And, right, and again, football is a, a different sport than most, right? I mean, it's – I don't want to relate it to, you know, wrestling, but – you know, if one guy, and there are always upsets, right? I mean, it's it's always fun when you get the upset. But I remember going through you know, my high school career, and I can basically, you know, kind of say, all right, well, we're going to win these five weight classes. This sixth one is probably a toss-up, and then the the rest of them, you know, might not go our way. So we need to limit bonus points uh, at 
you know, 225 for whatever it is, right? I mean, you can kind of go through and be like, all right, if we do this, this, and this, we'll win the ballgame. It's not that, you know, straightforward with a whole lot of other sports. Uh, you know, baseball obviously is hard, but uh, in, in football, you know, it's kind of close to that to where, you know, if LSU decides to play, you know, Cincinnati, and we're talking about the 2019 LSU team, the one that was led by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the rest of the crew, uh, you know, nobody across the football, collegiate football landscape was going to come close to beating that team unless you were Alabama or Clemson. What just really confused me about the argument is people, for some reason, more teams, all of a sudden we get more exciting football, but okay, so maybe the eight versus the ninth-ranked team in the country would be a, a good game until the eighth-ranked team has to play Alabama or Clemson or somebody the next week and gets rolled over, and then it's what's the difference by the eight and nine team playing each other in the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, or the whatever bowl, and then their season is being over rather than I, uh, like I don't think it's going to have the outcome that that people to rally for the extended playoffs think it's going to be. So we'll see, you know, an Alabama and Ohio game, then we'll. Uh, move on to the next round, and we'll, we'll get, you know, maybe Alabama and Buffalo. They'll roll all the way to the championship, and we'll just get to the point where uh, everybody thought we'd be anyway. But either way, it's about done for the sports fan. we got the Cincinnati Reds coming on the airwaves next. It's the Brewers at Reds at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio, with Sonny Gray on the mound against Adrian Hauser. For Joey Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off. Enjoy the baseball game coming up next right here on 970 WATH. Our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-L-P.